This is 680 CJOB. Happy New Year, everyone, or if you're listening to this on New Year's Day, Happy New Year. I'm Kevin Bergen, and today I'm at My Farmer's Market, located at 2145 Portage Avenue, and I'm talking to Nathan Steele about MyFarmersMarket.com, which is an online grocery service that delivers fresh, healthy food and produce right to your door. Nathan, where did you get the idea of creating an online market where people can find whole foods which are grown and raised naturally and sourced locally? I think just uh, my time away from my home province, um, you know, I... I was at a point in my life where I didn't wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, but kind of when the idea sparked, uh, it just felt really right, and I was in the right time at the right place. I was back home, and I said, you know, I want to do something really, I guess, put some roots down and you know have a reason to stay here. I was at itchy feet for so every six months I was in a different place, so uh, you know seasonal work and different things. It's it's a lot of fun, um, but then I was just at a point where and the idea came and. Uh, it was really a, congl- I guess, a, a collaborative idea f- between a couple friends of mine, and we just started talking about it. We got all hyped and really excited about the potential of something like that being available in Winnipeg. And I thought, you know, why isn't somebody doing this? You know, why isn't local food all available in one place really conveniently? Um, you know, there are some great places in in Winnipeg where you can find local food and in one place, but nothing quite exactly like what we had imagined. Or, you know, and so I just I was at a time where I was studying to do something else, and I said, you know, I'm going to drop this and uh, just give it 100%. So uh, here we are almost four years later, and uh, it's been growing uh, substantially every year, and we're at a place where we can actually kind of, uh, we're prepping for a whole new aspect of a business, which I never thought I would get into, which is really grocery. Um, I've always loved local food, and I've always, I've been able to kind of see food in all its stages from the farm to to the kitchens, and then to people's plates and make, uh, but as far as, yeah, grocery is going to be just another thing, which I'm excited, you know, because I've learned a lot on this uh, journey of, of food, I guess, I've been taking for these four years. Like, I've, I thought I already knew a lot about food, but I'm still learning things, like, every day about food, which is amazing, because it keeps you coming back to work every day, for sure. Of course, you come up with a great idea. You bounce it off your friends, you think it's a great idea, and everybody wants an original idea, right? But was the fact that no one else was doing it appealing or scary or both you know what I mean because sometimes you think no one's doing it because maybe it's not a good idea right no for sure and uh you know we we did a little bit of market research we didn't do a ton you know we did ask people and of course everyone at the beginning is going to say yeah that's a great idea it's not here um but absolutely entering something that hasn't really been tested and proven here uh like a real time time online grocery delivery service um was, you know, it was just right at the precipice of something, too, because now you see more people entering the market, and I guess it's uh, it's been semi-proven. I'd say it's not yet quite a proven thing here in Winnipeg. We know that on the west coast and the east coast of Canada, like Toronto and Vancouver, it's, it's quite large there. Um, you know, for me, I really just wanted to be involved with the local food scene here in Manitoba. You know, I'd been involved with the local food scene overseas and in B.C., and it was... Uh, a big part of my life and I, I wanted to do something that I'm passionate about and what I love so that's why I was able to just be confidently jumping into that idea because I know if I have the passion regardless of whether it's a good idea or not I'm gonna you know have a blast doing it so <laughs> that's kind of that's why I'm here today standing here and you know we're opening that new store so I think that speaks volumes and as long as you're doing what you know you'd love and whether it's a good idea or a bad idea might as well enjoy it and you, you never know until you try right so you know, and I think, uh, yeah, we're in a good place to say that uh, it was a good idea, I think. 
that time. So, you know, and I'd say a lot of our producers would be saying the same thing. All right, so let's talk about the, your local suppliers. How hard was it in the beginning to get local suppliers to sign on to onto what you wanted to create your vision? So basically at the beginning, you know, it was actually a little tougher for sure because, you know, at this point uh, we have farmers and, and different producers that are hearing about us and actually approaching us and saying, you know, I have a thousand pounds of this, this, like we had a farmer just at the end of the season come to us with all these Brussels sprouts that they just couldn't sell at their local market that they usually do. Um, and it was just at the right time where, you know, their market had shut down and they had all this great stuff, which in most cases through the fall, you know, you're going to find a lot of farmers that are realizing that their harvests are more bountiful, you know, than they maybe had planned for. Um, and so they've got a cornucopia of this great produce and, you know, where the markets, they actually slow down at about that time of the year as well. Different local markets, um, some shut right down. I know St. Orbitz does a great job of keeping up through the winter and giving people that, or giving producers that market space to, to go year-round with, which is, you know, ideal in so many situations. But um, coming uh, at about that time, you know, a lot of our farmers have come out of the woodwork to us and just, you know, had this offering of great stuff and said, hey, can you can you sell this? And our customer base has grown to a point where, yes, you know, we can help out and we can sell this for you. And I need another 80 pounds next week as well. You know, uh, keep okay. it fresh. So at the beginning, let's say after year one, that time rolls around and all of a sudden you realize, hey, now these guys have an abundance of stuff they want to they sell. Did you have the clientele to actually take some of it? Well, at the beginning, see, that's the thing. At the beginning, uh, probably a lot of our producers didn't take us very seriously because, you know, we wanted to micromanage our inventory to reduce waste. So we're not uh, buying at the, the volume, especially not the volume we're buying at now. Um, so, yeah, to convince some of those producers, you know, and, and we're not a business, we're not, we have no reputation, you know, who is this guy who wants to resell my food? Um, you know, but, you know, Manitoba is full of awesome, really awesome people. And, you know, they understood where we were, at what stage our business was at. And, you know, the, the dream is a beautiful thing to imagine a place that just pushes local food into people's homes rather than, you know, something that's imported. Um, so a lot of the local producers are going to understand that value. And that's really what, you know, that's what, that's why we were able to build this business is because people wanted to stand behind something like that and, you know, um, jump on board and yes, offer their food through us. So at the beginning it was, you know, to, to track down and find these awesome people who are growing this great food. Uh, that was definitely, you know, actually it was a full-time job for a, for a long period of time. When I was leaving the city, I was going to visiting farms and, you know, shaking people's hands and just trying to, you know, find these people. Where are these people making this awesome food? I hadn't been back to my home province for 10 years, so I hadn't, you know, really been in it. So, uh, but thanks to the internet and thanks to talking to other people and, you know, networking, we were able to come up with, I guess, a, a base of awesome producers that we started with. But that, that, that list is growing literally probably every month we're adding a new, some, some new product or some new producers who's doing something locally that's awesome and that we want to be a part of. So, you know, we're, we warmly welcome them, invite them to kind of join us with what we're doing here and push their product just, just through another avenue, which is really, I guess, attractive. We'll be back right after the break with more from Nathan Steele from MyFarmersMarket.com. We're back talking to Nathan Steele from MyFarmersMarket.com. So let's talk about the service itself. How does it work? Uh, so basically, like anything you order online, uh, the beautiful thing about my farmer's market is everything is in-house, and uh, a lot of our produce is touched just by the farmer. Um, you know, we do pack it here, but we're also, we take caution, like we're wearing latex-free gloves and, you know. The rubber gloves you were wearing when I came in? Right. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, 
Uh, and that's actually something that I'm kind of proud about is uh, in a lot of cases that food has only touched the farmer's hands. And, uh, you know, we're definitely a middleman in, in, in some regard, but we're offering this service alongside of that, which is a real-time uh, online grocery delivery service. Um, all of our stock is in real time. So we physically store it here. Um, farmer comes, drops it off generally. Um, there's a few exceptions. We have some producers like our bakeries where um, that bread isn't here physically, but it's baked to order. So we have a little bit of time constraints with that. It's a little bit different than the rest of the things that are in real time and available for same day service. All right, so if let's say I went online and I, I, I made my order. Do I have a choice of picking it up or delivery? It's always delivery. On the, actually, at the checkout process, we have a few different options for people. So uh, people don't have to pay online, for instance. They can pay at their door. We have a debit credit machine just like the pizza delivery man. So you, so you can see your food before you pay for it. Uh, people, some people really like to do that because, you know, that's that online kind of hurdle is not being able to, you know, smell your tomato before you say, yeah, this is what I want. So we're actually just developing a, a retail storefront. Uh, which will be a great place for us to do our pickups. We are currently doing pickups out the back of our warehouse. Uh, the, all the options are just at checkout. So you can just choose pickup and then outline a time that you're picking it up and we'll have your order all packed up and ready. I'm always welcoming people to come and show them kind of what we do because they don't really have an idea of what it is. What does online grocery look like, you know? Um, so I'm always eager to kind of have people come, especially for pickups, it's a great opportunity for me to come show them, you know, even walk them inside our cooler. If I have got the time, I'm happy to do it. I love showing off our awesome food, so. <laughs> what is the next stage in your mind? Like, obviously, the business has grown steadily, like you said, leaps and bounds. The next stage for you is what? So I really want to be able to do what I love doing, and, and um, one of those things, I guess, I've got, like, my problem is I got way too many ideas sometimes. Um, but the next stage for us right now here, in the immediate future, which was what we're actually working on and very close to doing is, is I guess, getting this retail side of things opened. Uh, once we have that open, I really, I'm looking at a lot of different ideas. Like, um, I get excited, I get overexcited about it. We've, we've got some space in the basement, for instance, uh, just to, um, I really wanna be a place for people to come and really be educated about uh, how easy it is to grow food, um, things they can do in their own kitchen as far as things like sprouting and, uh, you know, just even just simple things like um, giving educational, maybe like I'd love to have a library just with books about gardening and, you know, what you can do at home to make your own food, produce your own food. Um, fun things like mushroom kits would be fun, you know, like culinary mushrooms and different things like that. Uh, even workshops like as far as doing kombucha or um, homesteading, basically, um, even urban homesteading. Um, and then just being a real center for people to be able to come and educate themselves about that if that's something that they're interested in. Yeah, if we can be a place to come of learning and, and you know, what is local food? You know, it's, you think, or I thought it was common sense, you know, a lot of the stuff about food is common sense, but I, I'm surprised how uncommon, you know, you know, what people know about or know the journey that their food takes. Do people really know that? Um, and, uh, you know, when you open people's eyes to that, they really see that value in why local food is better in the end. And, um, you know, I also got some crazy ideas about where you want to do indoor production of culinary herbs. We have a climate-controlled trailer and in insulated in the parking lot. Yeah, so I wanted to do, like, indoor LED lights and really get some trays of, uh, you know, culinary herbs going and then have uh, so the production in the trailer. And if we can do uh, something that I'm calling a sprout bar um, where people can come and get herbs cut to order, you know, just fresh, fresh, local, and just awesome, 
awesome high quality food is what we want you know giving people access to yeah for sure um if it's grown locally it's going to be more fresh just generally you know you we've got kale actually available through the winter that's picked right here in steinbach it's harvested the day before it arrives here at our warehouse where every single big box grocery store in our city has kale coming from mexico and california there's no local kale uh, in the city, but it's there, it's available. People are growing it indoors. And, um, and, and these are farmers that have, that have even, you know, the capacity to do substantial production. Uh, we just need to create the local market here for that and replace those kales that are being growing in, grown in Mexico or California. One specific gentleman that we work with, Hans from God's Acres, he does this out in Steinbach, so he has a 5,000 square foot uh, LED facility, and uh, he grows all kinds of greens in there, but he sells, uh, he comes into the city once a week and sells at his own market uh, that he does um, at a specific location, and then um, he also sells to a few different markets in Steinbach, so uh, small grocery stores, and then uh, in Winnipeg, I guess, one of the places you is here at, at myfarmersmarket.com. So uh, last winter we had cucumbers and tomatoes and uh, he had he was even drawing, growing strawberries. Yeah, we would get it every Wednesday and we'd be sold out by the weekend because our customers knew when it was coming and, you know, the problem was production, I think. Like, we just need to get amp up the production and we're going to have, we'd love to see maybe 20 of what Hans does and uh, enable the whole city to eat fresh like that through the winter. That would be amazing. So it's, it's possible. You know, and, you know, that's why we're doing what we're doing. You know, we want to really create and drive a market for that local fresh food because it's awesome. Why, why not? How does your delivery service work? So basically we've, uh, we've got a, like I was mentioning earlier, we do offer free delivery after a minimum order. And then we have our subscription members who are getting an order at least once a month. Their, their minimum is slightly less. But uh, to casually jump on our website and order whenever you want, uh, it's $85 minimum order. It's a free delivery, but you can also just grab a stick of butter and we'll deliver it. But you know, there's a fee of eight dollars, um, and we do because of the real time how we manage our stock. We're able to do that same day delivery in some neighborhoods, uh, and then we uh, do other parts of the city uh, one day a week. So there's some parts of the city that are only receiving a delivery one day of the week, and those are two hour windows. So you're not stuck at home all day waiting for deliveries. You know, it's showing up in those two hours, and uh, we've very rarely been late. There was one time I think uh, we had. Uh, lock freeze on us and we had to get the locksmith down but we called all the customers and they got their stuff so it's been few and far between that we've actually been outside of our schedule and that's something that i'm pretty sticky about with our drivers and getting them on the road and making sure that everything's going like clockwork because that's what we're offering we got to offer what we offer right so okay what are subscription boxes with various products in it and how does that work yeah, so you can get things like fruit and vegetable boxes. You can get a protein box just with, you know, uh, ethically raised local meat. You know, we, we focus on offering uh, um, drug-free animals, um, definitely grass, pastured in any case that they can be. Um, that's pretty important to me to uh, kind of steer clear of anything like a feedlot or um, commercial, <laughs> commercial farm, really, in the end. Um, I'm really focused on working with a lot more small small farms and small producers uh, and more of them than heading to somewhere where they can accommodate massive volumes because of the commercial level of farming that they're doing. Yeah, produce boxes, we do fruit and vegetable boxes and then we do different sizes of those. Uh, we do have those casually available as well. Uh, they're a little bit different just in the way that uh, we manage the stock for them. So our store is actually set up where anybody can just jump onto the website and choose exactly what they want. So if they want uh, like three pounds of 
red delicious apples, uh, a bag of pasta, and you know some locally roasted coffee. They just picked those three items, and we're going to show up with those three items, just like shopping for anything online. Uh, but then we do have you know these packs and these boxes that we do offer customers as well. You know, on top of just being an online grocery store where you can pick and choose exactly what you need. We'll be right back after the news, sports, and weather at the bottom of the hour to talk more with Nathan Steele about MyFarmersMarket.com. This is a main ingredient, and I'm Kevin Bergen on 680 CJOB. The main ingredient is back up after the news, weather, and sports at the bottom of the hour, and I'm on location at MyFarmersMarket.com talking to owner Nathan Steele about this online grocery service that delivers fresh, healthy food and produce right to your door. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on 680 CJOB. Thanks for sticking around. I'm Kevin Bergen, and this is The Main Ingredient, and I'm at My Farmer's Market, located at 2145 Portage Avenue, and I'm talking to owner Nathan Steele about MyFarmer'sMarket.com, which is an online grocery service that delivers fresh, healthy food and produce right to your door. Nathan, one of the challenges with an online business especially is the rate the business can grow. Was, was this a concern for you when you decided to launch this business? You could be scared at the same time with something that's online that could grow to a point where, or too quick, or I think we've been at this grassroots stage and, you know, it's not growing too, and, you know, and that gives me the time and, you know, to really connect with the people that we are working with and, you know, and these people do really feel welcome to come in and I have a few of our producers because they can check the stock online by just adding things to cart. You can kind of see if their product is disappearing on our shelf. For instance, uh, I guess her name is Galena from, uh, she's the dairy fairy here in Winnipeg. She makes uh, cheeses. Um, but she loves to just watch her own stock on our shelves and she'll come in and just help herself to our shelves, make stock them back up, let us know. And uh, But she just makes herself right at home, which is exactly what we want people to do. We want people to come in here and, you know, like the guy who grows quinoa, he's trying to really create a market here, which hasn't really, it, it needs to be greater than it is. Because the quinoa that we're buying in the grocery stores is being imported, but we have strains of quinoa that grow so amazing here in Manitoba. If we can grow it here, you know, why, literally, why are we putting, there's, there's a lot of money going into the, and the carbon footprint going into just getting that quinoa here, you know, and all the hands that it's got to go through. So, but yeah, people like that, that are just coming in here and they just, they're more than welcome to. We really wanted, I really want this place to be where, you know, they just can come, come and call it home. They, they can come look at their product. They can come uh, sell us other products, you know, other products that they want here in the Winnipeg market. We're open to it. If it's wholesome and if it's healthy, I, I'm all over it. I, I want that, you know. And if it's local, boom, it's on our shelf for sure. So, you know, as long as we don't have a product that's identical right beside it, that's kind of one of the tough spots that I've been in where I can't say yes to everybody for everything. Like come, come summer, everybody, every farmer's got kale growing, right? I can't buy everybody's kale, but I can buy you know, what I can and what our customers allow us to push. So, and then we, we jump all over with varieties too. Like I love the fun varieties out there, the heirloom varieties, things that are really colorful. We've got heirloom carrots that are just like gorgeous gems. Um, and then things like kale, they come in all colors and all kind of uh, flavors almost, you know, you get a really strong kale. And um, so, yeah, we're, we, we, we want to offer things that you're not going to find at the grocery store. Like right now our potatoes, we've got you cut them open and they're pink inside. Some are really dark purple. Um, these things you won't find at your grocery store on your shelves. These things are being grown locally and they are available. And I just, you know, I want to create that spotlight and say, hey, look, this is this is here. You can you can literally have it delivered, which makes it even easier. And I'll give you a quick tour on some of our fresh food that we have. So you saw all of the dry stuff that we've got. 
and uh, we do have a freezer that's a walk-in beside here. We're actually even building two more just to uh, kind of align ourselves for the growth so that if it does, when it does happen, because we're not going to say if, we're going to say when it does happen, yeah, when, yeah, when uh, we have to be ready for it for sure. So, so we're definitely building, uh, developing a little bit of extra space there, but this is where we keep our fresh stuff. So we do have imported stuff that you can see, like we've got uh, your basics like lemons and whatnot. Anything that I'm importing, it's certified organic because I don't know where it's coming from. Um, so things like dairy, obviously Bothwell is one of those things. It's an iconic local uh, cheesery, I guess you could say. And uh, so we obviously, we've got some of their cheeses, but we also have some in uh, sorry, imported organics as well. So these, are, so these are local carrots that we're going to have through the whole winter. Mm -hmm. And that's like the colors of the rainbow. That's um, what the colors, how come different colors? So just because of the heirloom variety. So these are grown for, I guess, for their color. Um, you know, they've been, I guess, well, maybe not necessarily for their color either. It could be uh, grown for its flavor. Um, there's a lot of things that the grocery store won't sell because, well, you might see these at the grocery store occasionally, but um, like a lot of the, the varieties that they have there, it's going to be grown for their shelf life mm -hmm. and for their, you know, transportability and things like that. So you're going to find a lot of different varieties that are available locally that you wouldn't find commercially. Right, just, just for that reason, right? For that reason alone. Uh, so you're going to get... Like in the summer, you're going to get t uh, tomatoes that taste a lot better, like heirloom tomatoes. There's all kinds of varieties that a grocery store is going to steer right clear from because, you know, they don't want to take the chance on something that's going to go bad so quick. But with that local and real-time factor, we're able to offer that type of stuff uh, because these, uh, you know, this is coming straight from the farm and, and right, right, to, uh, right to the customer in the end, really. That's killer. That's awesome. It's a variety pack of some of like the potatoes that we'll have right into the spring because because it's a root vegetable. We have uh, like a lot of the root vegetables are available right until March. Uh, some of our farmers have great storage for thousands of pounds of roots, so sterile sand that they can kind of bury the plant in, like carrots or beets. Yep. They're almost practically still alive and growing in that sand. You can pull them out of the sand, give them a wash. That's when they show up here once a week. And then we upload it onto our website, and then that's how the customers get that in their hand. But things like blue Russian potatoes, these are called Amarosa Reds. They're just bright pink inside. And then these are just beautiful fingerlings. But that's like a certified organic product from Morden, Manitoba. So not only is it local, but it's also certified organic, meaning they're not using the chemicals that would be used uh, commercially. Even like our beets, like these ones, if you cut them open, it's, it's actually striped inside. That's called a candy cane beet. Uh, there's an Italian word for it that I don't want to try to pronounce, but because um, I'd definitely be getting it wrong. But uh, that's yeah, candy cane is what they're what they're called. But um, we've got fun things like beets that are cylindrical and long, like a carrot. Um, just the things like fun things that you're. It's awesome. It's and it's healthy and and everything. But it's it's also something that's not so generic and readily available everywhere else. No, I get it. It's good stuff. So. Um, what else? So yeah, this, this is from a couple different farmers. So we have, uh, actually all the farmers on this shelf are certified organic farmers. What's this stuff on here? Those carrots? Uh, yeah, so those are just big juicing carrots. We actually have a pretty good price. We sell them for about a buck. Oh, they're huge! We just sell them for about a buck a pound. And they're just for, you know, people who want organic juicers. These are certified organic product. Yeah. Not, you know, there's no chemicals used in their growth. So, you know, it's just wholesome. It's awesome. It's something that you want to be, uh... Yeah, putting on your, on your dinner table or in your smoothie, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so yeah, some of our import stuff is really, like, 
I think we have something like almost 20, at, at one point we had a, like 20 different kinds of apples. Um, and there's some awesome varieties out there, like Honeycrisp, Pink Ladies, Ambrosia. I've never even heard of those. Yeah, so those, like, the texture's awesome, the flavor is just great. Um, and we, we try to offer all those when they're seasonally available. Yep. Um, we also carry things just like really pretty looking pears that... What kind of pear is that? So that's just a, it, well, it's a red Danjo. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's just the color, I guess, that's pretty awesome. And, and, and the fragrance is really great when they really start ripening. We'll be right back after the break with Jessica Marinelli from Winnipeg Tasting Tours. This is 680 CJOB. Hey everyone, thanks for sticking around. I'm Kevin Bergen, and my next guest, Jessica Marinelli, runs a company called Winnipeg Tasting Tours that took me on a great craft brewery tour last week. So she's here to talk about the services her company provides and the tour that we went on. Welcome to the main ingredient, Jessica. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm well. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm still kind of hungover. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about Winnipeg Tasting Tours. Yes. <laughs> Winnipeg Tasting Tours, it is a full-service uh, microbrewery tour. So we do the driving, we pick you up, we take you around safely in our big 15-passenger van from microbrewery to microbrewery. And at each stop, you're going to have... A sampling of four different types of beer. It could be a pint or it could be a four different kinds, one flight of beer. So that's four different stops. And at one of the stops, you're going to get an exclusive brewery tour, a personal flatbread pizza. Some of the other stops, you can visit their canning facility and, again, other breweries along the way. Okay, so I'm assuming with the explosion in craft breweries in Winnipeg in the last two years, two to three years, a business like this could not have existed. Like, now is a really good time for this to start, right? There's no way. It wasn't even two years ago. I'd like to say in the last six months to a year, microbreweries have actually just came on board in Winnipeg. Um, pretty much every other major city has something like this. Um, it was only through some traveling that I stumbled across going on some microbrewery tours that I thought, you know what, with all these new ones coming up in Winnipeg, that this is a really good opportunity to start something and get Winnipegers excited about it, give them a chance to visit the different places in one night and, again, do it all safely. What other cities did you, what, what city did you go to that had a microbrewery? It was uh, specifically Oregon, yeah. which is, like I said, the hotbed for microbreweries, really? which I didn't really even realize until I went. Yeah. Yeah, it was super cool. Um did you guys go there for that, or you were there and just went on a tour and then realized, We just Look at this. ended up there. Yeah. Um, I did a wine tour in BC, so mm -hmm. we did a wine tour there, and then we moved on, and we ended up in Oregon, and we're like, what are we going to do in Oregon? We were looking it up as we were stopping there on a cruise, and uh, decided that we're like, well, we're going to go beer sampling, mm -hmm. so that's what we did. Awesome. Yeah, it was And that gave you this fun. idea. Yeah. Well, I noticed when I was researching for the trip, obviously, but then I thought, well, we were there, let's just go check it out and see how complicated it could possibly be. Right. And it just seemed like way too much fun not to do it here. So how was it bringing breweries on board for you the know, tour? You know, the community here with uh, of brewers are all really like encouraging on each other's business, right? So yep. they'd like to, it's a small little community of microbreweries. They all talk to one each other. They all support one another. And um, as soon as I mentioned it to them, they were like, yep, let's do it. Bring them by. Like, why not? For sure. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a no-brainer, right? No-brainer. Bring people to my brewery and learn about my beer so you're going to buy it. Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. So we mentioned before, let's go over, what does the tour include again? The tour includes four stops, four different microbreweries, 
Tours at each one, flights at each one, and a flatbread pizza per person. Okay, so let's let's go over our tour, our okay. brewery tour. We stopped where first? First, we stopped at Half Pints, and we had a flight there, which is a great the, that that tasting room. Yes, is quite nice. You wouldn't even know it was there unless no. you went through it's on so the tour. Hidden. Like that I street know. has really nothing, nothing and then you look, it. and it's there. It's, it is. Yeah, weird. it's a cool little spot. Yeah, it is. Um, then next we went to Torque. Torque again has, we have their lineup of beers. And again, what's cool about both of these places, so both Half Pints and Torque, you get to try some that they aren't necessarily giving out to the public, that they're just test driving. Right, which so is you awesome. get that chance to try them before they hit the rest of the market. So while we were at Torque, again, you had another flight of four beers, and then we went and had a tour of the canning facility and mm-hmm. the brewery. Yep, which was awesome. Super fun. Um, again, you get to talk firsthand with the brewmasters, so you get to hear their stories. They don't like to talk at all. Either. And the energy that they put <laughs> into their work. Is, so it's it's a lot of fun. You get a little bit of insider knowledge. Um, from there, we went to Little Brown Jug. Um, cool building in the, I guess, a renewing area of the exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, and there you have a full pint of their 1919. Which is awesome. Very good beer. Very good. I enjoyed that one. And then we were also at Peg Beer. Um, there you get a flatbread pizza. And then while they're making your pizza and getting your flight ready, they take you on through the brewery and teach you a little bit about how they do it. And they give you the opportunity to um, hold some of the hops, taste some of the hops, or taste some of the, what was it? Taste some of the malts. Yes. Taste some of the malts and like rub the hops together. So that's a kind of nice little hands-on feature that they do. That was a really good tour. That's a great tour. They really went in depth there. I thought I really enjoyed that one. It's different than the others. Yes, it is. Yes. I like it. Um, So... Let's say later down the road, are there going to be any other kind of tours? The sky's the limit with this, right? You know, it really is. As soon as you start thinking about it, it um, really does snowball. Uh, we do have a vodka distillery here in Winnipeg. So I'm which looking. Nobody knows. Which nobody, nobody really knows about. But they will soon. But they will, yeah. Um, so I want to pair with um, maybe find a local bartender, get some specialty cocktails made while you're in there, get a tour of the facility. I'm looking at doing a wine tour as well, pairing maybe. We don't necessarily have a local winery. I mean, we do have one, and I'm kind of working on getting a tour lined up there, but uh, maybe pairing wines with local favorites, like favorite foods, oh, cheeses, yeah, yeah. pastries, like, you know, the Manitoba Fair. Yeah, that'd be pretty of cool. sorts, yeah. Um, there was also a talk of, like, singles nights. I thought that could be kind of fun. That would be. Because you don't necessarily need to go with your couple or your buddies to just go out and have some beer if you're looking to make some new friends and go out on a night on the town. This could be a really good opportunity. Yeah, your friends would be like, where are you going? Going on tour. Going on tour. Can we come with you? No. No. No, it's one man. Singles thing. only. Yeah, what are you do? I was thinking launching that Valentine's Day. That'd be good. That's hey. kind of the thought. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd go over well. I thought this was the anti-Valentine's Day tour. The anti-Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> my husband won't mind, then he gets off the hook on Valentine's Day. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, you were telling me about a bike tour that you... Yes. Was that one you did or one you went on? No, I went on uh, through downtown Biz. It's called Mobile Feast. And you bring your own bike. You meet at a downtown location and they there's kind of like bike patrols and they keep them keep your bikes under lock and key while you go in, have a sample of the food or coffee or whatever they're giving out at the time, mm-hmm. tea, whatever vendors set up that week because they change every week, which is kind of cool. And then they bike you around to four different places. You get some eats. It's for food. So if you want a drink, that's on your own dime. Yep. But, I mean, we did it anyway. Of course. And then, yeah, you biked on home. 
That's pretty it cool. It was fun. Yeah, but that's, that's awesome. how I knew that there was probably like a bit of a market for this yep. because those sell out and they are fun. There's a lot more things in the exchange in downtown now. Yeah. Like way more than before. And before it would have been like two them. stops and you would have rode home. Don't even know about it. And I did the same thing. It was a wine tour and we walked. Yeah. But like I said, lesson learned, no heels on that trip <laughs> next time. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so gift certificates. Yours, mm-hmm. You have gift certificates for tours too, right? Yes. So that's been popular prior to Christmas, actually. Right. Uh, yeah, gift certificate to put somebody on a tour. I set up your, the coupon code, send it out to you in the mail. And then all they have to do is visit the website, punch in the promo code, and there's their free tour. And they just pick their date and time when they want to jump on, and that's as simple as that. It's perfect. So it's the same thing when you want to book a regular tour. I'm not using same thing. Just go on the website. Same service. You're just picking the date, picking the time, picking the tour, and then you enter your free promo code. That is too easy. So when are we going on our next tour? Like you know, so so when the when the wine tour, food tour, wine, vodka. What's your? I I want to go on the vodka tour. Vodka tour. Yeah, yeah, I want to go on that one. Okay, okay, thanks for coming in. (laughs) No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. We'll be right back. This is 680 CJOB.